What's up, everybody? It's your host, your boy, Uncle Bobby B. And with me, as always, no, <laughs> absolutely not. What's going on, guys? Your host, your boy, George Bakai, and I'm with this schmuck. <laughs> Try to take my duties. How dare you? I timed it so perfectly, too. You were just about to talk, and I just sniped in the interception. All right, guys, you know who it is. It's the MLW Rewind. Often imitated, never duplicated. The first, well, one of the first, MLW All Review Shows, where we sit down each and every week. We discuss this past week's episode. Now, yesterday, we had some recording issues. We did try to link up. We did try to record. But one of us didn't have internet in his area. Oh, well, that's not my fault. No, I came sure. here first. Your dog was sick. You that's took her to the vet. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I But I still here. tried to honor my commitment and record it in the car. And then I came waiting. here again today. That's true. Could have Zoomed it from home. You could have. but you I, well, I, I got out of bed just to come here. Oh, my God. All right, guys. So, we're going to discuss last night's uh, MLW Fusion, which was... Uh, jam-packed full of some really good stuff again like we've always talked about with mlw there's peaks and valleys but we're on a steady peak right now there hasn't really been too many valleys the last couple of weeks which has been a nice uh good steady pace i hope they can keep it going and obviously the holiday hammerstone issue is heating up we're gonna get into a lot of that today and a little bit more so should we jump into it let's jump into it before we do r.i.p scott hall yes scott hall absolute legend uh very very appropriate for mlw to show that image at the uh, beginning of the program uh i mean it's not the scott hall podcast it's mlw but I, I think it's safe to say he inspired a large percentage of today's current crop of pro wrestling superstars pro well wrestlers. the first ever heel that was really cheered and revered a lot of people think it was stone cold like the anti-hero that stone cold played but as far back as i can remember the first anti-hero that i ever got fully behind well, was Razor they Ramon. They had to flip him face because he was so he was so popular, right? Right, and obviously Kayfabe didn't allow, but that was the first taste of the anti-hero, if you will. So R.I.P. to Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, uh, whatever you know him by. The fact is the man was a true legend, uh, arguably one of the greatest. The innovator of the, the latter match, for sure, along with Shawn Michaels, will be sorely missed in the wrestling world. Uh, huge gaping hole in a lot of wrestling fans these past couple of days. Like, I know you, you, you're a fan because you got a Scott Hall. You can't see it, but he's got a Scott Hall figure like sitting over there mm -hmm. on the wall and... I got the three OGs of the NWO, and I yeah. also got Wolfpack Sting because Wolfpack Sting is awesome. And I mean, I was a teenager. Well, we both were teenagers mm -hmm. during the, the Wednesday Night Wars. So, like, we. Monday Night Wars. Excuse me, Monday Night Wars. The Wednesday Night Wars was rather recent, and it wasn't really a war. It wasn't a war. It was a skirmish yeah. at best. It was uh, a disagreeing of the G5 Summit, if you will. We, we both grew up watching both Scott Hall, WWF, and WCW, and, and all his, all his uh, work throughout. So. Yeah, our condolences out to the Hall family and uh, to the wrestling world because we lost a giant. Mm -hmm, absolutely. All right, and then uh, right off the bat, they recap last week or a few weeks ago, they attack the Holiday and Alicia Altoot attack on Hammerstone and uh, Holiday promo, Grady Coliseum. Uh, the whole venue was empty. It's talking about the history, flair, everything that was that happened in that Coliseum. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. All the legends that wrestled in and out of that, that Coliseum, promoted out of that venue, everyone. And then he kneels down and says, and now, Hammer, this venue will have a piece of you for all time. And camera pans down, and it's a bloodstained floor, which is ironic and weird considering the venue's cleared out, but yet nobody mopped up yet. So conveniently, the blood was still on the floor, holiday enjoying that image and saying... Uh, I believe the, uh, the quote unquote was, you begged and pleaded me to stop. 
and I washed your blood in my hands and it will forever stay in Charlotte. And he walks away. So that was kind of the beginning of it. And the first match off the hop that we get is Miranda Gordy versus the uh, newly signed to WWE NXT, Roxy. Uh, so this was a great match. This was kind of, I guess, in between her, uh, you know, contract expiring with ROH because of the, uh, you know, what do they, what do they call it? I guess uh, the, uh, the resetting, if you will, they were going to take reboot, the reset. reboot. They were going to step back for a little bit and come back stronger. And now we know obviously Tony Khan has purchased ROH. So a lot of wrestling fans are anxiously waiting in the wings to see what happens with ROH uh, going forward. But this was in between that time period of her, you know, hanging it up with ROH and getting signed to WWE. So it was perfect time for them to lay out this match because she only announced the news literally a day later. I wonder if she's... Uh, or actually the same day. I wonder if she would be the first wrestler to hold the distinction of appearing on w, on MLW programming while signed to WWE. But when she did the match, because we know yeah, it was pre-recorded, she was not. She, right, she wasn't she's signed. She's probably in talks. The show aired. So technically, the appearance... I don't know. You could make that argument. You could make that argument. Uh, this match was pretty solid. Uh, you know, Roxy obviously being the the underdog in this match compared to Marina Gordy's massive size. Uh, she's kind of like a mix, I want to say, of a Luna Vachon with her hairstyle and her look in certain aspects and uh, definitely has uh, the power of a China. If you were to pick two female wrestlers that, you know, she could kind of mesh styles, those would be the two that came to my mind when I first watched. A lot of back and forth. Roxy had a few great spots in this match, but every time she got a little bit of footing underneath there, uh, Miranda Gordy was very quick to uh, knock her down. And you know what else I noticed during this match? That the announcers were in rare form. I don't know if you caught it. But there was I one thought point that was... Uh, that was a little bit... A little bit uh, uncalled for. I don't know. I, I, I kind of popped for it. I, I laughed a little bit. They, they were what, talking about Miranda Gordy having horses. Selling horses for meat? Well, no. They The, the build-up. You got you to gotta build up. You can't just go into that, the punchline. But the build-up was, you know, Miranda Gordy, she trains horses in her off time. And the one guy goes, yeah, she trains them to sell them for meat. <laughs> Again, I popped a little bit for that. I'm not saying, you know, selling horses meat is okay but at the same time i popped for it and i thought the announcers that was a rare form we never really see that kind of out of the box banter from these guys they usually keep it very orthodox but that was a rather unorthodox comment and from somebody who enjoys those kind of comics because my full podcast is straight talk wrestling i'm straight up i put my foot in my mouth many a time and i enjoyed that line i thought it was funny you ever eaten horse no i have Okay, so did you buy it from Miranda Gordy? <laughs> no, no. I, the, the reason I was like, okay. Let's so, not get too off topic with the horse. We won't, we okay. won't. But my first instinct, I'm glad you brought it up because I remember hearing that and thinking like, I wonder if Miranda Gordy's going to be pissed off when she hears that. <laughs> too late. Or she'll just kayfabe it. But yeah, it was, uh, it, you know, Miranda's got uh, a style much like her father. Like she's a powerhouse. She's playing the dastardly heel not giving it, it it's easy to forget roxy's only 20 or like maybe 21 now i don't well, know no 20 probably turning 21 maybe in the middle of it right so but she's uh she's definitely i mean her nickname is the, the prodigy. prodigy obviously wwe's not going to run with that but she's been training since she was 13 so she has way more in ring time than miranda gordy based off just the amount of training time that she's had if you want to put that in there but miranda gordy obviously being you know a veteran compared to roxy in terms of actually being out there and yeah, performing. She's, she's doing it. Miranda's booked pretty regularly. She's doing a lot of indie shows. But regardless of the fact, uh, Miranda did win this match. Eventually, though, again, not taking anything away from Roxy because she showed improved and had a great match. Uh, she wins with the Bam Bam Slam. And um, I personally didn't like the ending. I thought they could have done Roxy a little bit better being a formal ROH uh, Women's World Champion. 
But at the same token, I get it. What you do in other promotions doesn't really resonate here. So allowing Roxy to have the match and the crowd being behind her, I thought maybe they might let her steal the win. But knowing that this was a one-off and she would not be reappearing again, obviously putting over Miranda Gordy, introducing her to the MLW fan base. She got a promo right after uh, saying that uh, she is the power weight. And this is now the power weight division. She is no girl. She's a Gordy. And she walks away. So short, sweet, and simple. This is no longer the featherweight division. Apparently, Miranda Gorda has renamed it, rebranded it, the powerweight division. And she's going to run through all these Barbies, which, again, I popped for as well. So Miranda Gordy, again, being unorthodox, being herself, letting everyone know that she pretty much is the powerhouse, uh, again, to, to kind of put her in not a box, but to compare a Beth Phoenix, a China, and a Luna Vachon, I would put in a nice little bubble and say that's who, you know, if there was a four horsewoman that she could join, she would join those other three ladies based on size and stature. Sure. Um, then we get a word that, uh, oh, we get a recap of Gino's attack on Aramis from a few weeks ago when he got pinned by Microman, which again was a great match. Sure um, and CD, we learned that CD, I don't really know how to, uh, I guess, play this off, but CD bonused Gino. That's what the thing said. Does that mean he, he bonused him by giving him money from whooping Aramis or is he going to get repercussions because he whooped Aramis? Mucho dinero, amigo. Okay. Is that what that means? All right. So, I mean, I found that a little confusing considering that he brought all those luchas over. Why would you want to have one lucha be attacked by Gino Medina? And again, yes, Gino does fall in that lucha category, but I mean, you recruited these guys from Mexico to come over. So it just makes no sense to me. That's all I'm saying. So if he did bonus them, I don't understand it. Uh, then we get a mass grouper promo and he was inaudible. He is back. He is doing the just horrible. And it was a great promo from what I heard. Uh, again, it was hard to pick up on all the words, but long story short, he's challenged, he's challenged for two next week to a stairway and hell match. And he will end for two's legacy. Still using the Contra uh, graphics and stuff like that. And still saying hail Contra at the end of all his promos, pretty much being, I guess, the lone remaining soldier of Contra, if you will, like the last, the last but, straw. But I like that because the, they're keeping the door open because who knows if Contra could make a return. Contra might just disappear for a while and then six months down the road, Joseph Samael comes back. But if Samael comes back, I mean, Max Kruger is not going to hand over leadership at this point. I'm just saying. I just, knowing Max Kruger and what we've seen from the he's character the development. He's not the head. Fair enough. But I, I don't see it going that way. Also, I forgot to mention at the very beginning of the show, as they were uh, kind of recapping, uh, after, right after Holiday's promo, a black limousine pulled up. And during the whole Miranda Gordy and Roxy match, they were showing the limo outside. It was raining. And nobody had come in or out of the limo. So we didn't know who was in it. We suspected, but we didn't know who. Finally, they revealed. And... It's Holiday and Alicia. They're inside the limo looking very happy, very cozy. Um, and Holiday says <laughs> they're celebrating what was done at Superfight. It was so hot that they are going to do something historic. It'll be sexy and raunchy. They invite the cameraman inside the limo and we get a cutaway. We also know later on today we're going to get a medical update on Hammer. And then we get a promo 5150, but it's not a typical promo. No Danny, no Slice, just Dr. Smokes, Dr. Julius Smokes. And he is literally turned up to 3,000 in this promo. He's jumping all over the place. He's hyped. I'm hyped. Long story short, a couple great sound bites from him uh, were, I believe at one point he said something along the lines of, 
you don't know us essays, but we come strong and we, we come quick and you about to get knuckled yeah, up because you problem. a bitch. Like he, he kind of wrapped it off the fly, but it was flawless. And it's Julius Smokes being Julius Smokes. If I ran into Julius Smokes, like in a dark alley, I would be scared shitless for one reason only. He's got the fucking crazy eyes. He does. His mm-hmm. eyes are like staring into your soul. It's fucking terrifying. It is. It is. It is extremely. Wow. It's a lot, but it's enjoyable. It always yeah. is enjoyable. Whether it's he's awesome. out there causing interference outside but the just ring. like by him jumping around and going nuts and also talking smack to when 5150 has people laid out on the floor. It's when he's doing things like this in the promos, which is great. Because a lot of times when Danny and Slice are saying great stuff, he's in the background going, blah, blah. So it's it's just it's Julius Smokes being Julius Smokes uh, at his best. Um, then we got another like hammer type hammer type bio, much like they did with Jacob for two, a kind of telling of Hammer's past and his history. Um, a couple good sound bites from that was that um, you know how he came up with his family, uh, you know sharing a can of corn sometimes for dinner, uh, sleeping in a pillowcase when he was younger because they didn't have money to afford a blanket, uh, his brother crying when he saw Hammer one. And his love for music and so on and so on. I'm talking about the moment when Hammer won the MLW8 heavyweight title. His brother was watching from home, saw that, you know, shed some tears of pride. Especially after telling him, like, you're wasting your time. Yes, there was a lot of doubters in his family. But as he got his stock started to rise, he basically said his family definitely did start to show their support. support, Sorry. So it was great to see that. And I, I like these little, you know, kind of behind the character vignettes are doing. They're letting the wrestlers... They're all, they always let the wrestlers be them, but now we're getting to see that, that side. It's almost like um, what WWE does with their documentary styles that they do, the 24 hours and such like that. When you get to see what goes on in their lives, we're learning the history of these characters that really have never had a platform to show their history. So it's nice to see where they came from and where they are now. So I appreciate these, uh, these vignettes for what I'm waiting are. for Hammer's album. I know it's, uh, it's nearing completion, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple medical updates to get. They only announced that we would get a hammer update, but there's actually other medical updates to get. The Von Erichs update. Marshall's got a fractured ankle. He's out for three to four weeks. Ross has a concussion. He is day-to-day from the attack by 5150. Uh, no, up, no update on hammer as of this moment in the show because he has refused to be examined. He will not let the MLW doctors anywhere near him. He has not returned phone calls from them or Cesar Durant. And we'll get to a great promo that Cesar Durant cut at the end of the show a little bit later. But uh, long story short, he has not been in contact with any of MLW officials at all to let them know what the update is. So as it stands right now, we have no idea how he's doing from the attack from Holiday and Alicia at the end of Super Can we, can we, I can't keep saying Holiday, can we call them like Holitude or something? Well, I think they actually released a shirt today. So let's call them the Clout Couple because that's what the shirt right. says. The Clout Couple. So the Clout Couple. I like Holitude. From the attack of, I'm not going to give them a couple's name. From the, the attack of the clout couple, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not even gonna really, I, I don't want to acknowledge it, but the fact that I have to blows my mind. Cause that's something I would say, and then he would shit all over me. Oh, that's totally but, the clip for this show. Yeah, absolutely. Holitude. No, Holitude is not happening. They are the clout couple. Uh, I, I will give I will give acknowledgement to that. Stop it. Stop it right now. Holitude is not gonna catch on. If you say so. Holitude sounds like something you do when you're holiday farting. Like you, you have a great Christmas dinner and oh, I holituted. Like it's not, it's not a thing. I don't like it. Sounds weird. Sorry. What about Alicia? 
Okay. So anyways, we also get an update from Induca, but that's actually from the man himself. It's not an update on his condition. It's Emilio Sparks. He's in the trenches. He's our reporter in the trenches. Actually, he's the only backstage reporter right now because Leisha is, is very busy with Richard these days. I shave his head and make a wig out of it. Absolutely. Um, asking how he's doing, how he is. And he's, uh, Induca says, listen, man, you know me. I'm built on family and faith. But when I get my chance to get 5150, it's going to be on. So, you know, very cool. We also get a big announcement. Surprise, surprise. Batu has accepted the Stairway to Hell match. So that is going to happen next week. So, yes, you got it right. Max Kruger versus Jacob Batu in a Stairway to Hell match. We haven't seen one of those since the early ECW days. So if you don't know what a stair, Stairway to Hell match is, go back on the WWE Network if you need to and watch some of the old ECW pay-per-views. They had quite a few. I think they had three or four. I know Justin Credible and Tommy Dreamer had one. I know Tommy Dreamer and Shane Douglas had one. And I believe Tommy Dreamer had another one with someone else, and I can't remember who the other opponent was. But there was a couple Stairway to Hell matches, so you get to see what those are all about if you don't know what they are. Um, and now we're back in the limo. Holiday and Alicia are making out. They're making out hard in that car. It is about to get hot. And then Alicia, midway while Holiday is kissing her neck, actually gets a notification on her phone, stops like the whole show, and she's like, oh my God, babe, this is huge. And he's like, I know, I am huge. And it's like, no, no, this is going to like be a big deal for us when this drops. She shows him the phone and then he smiles and says, huh, interesting. They exit the limo and they leave the cameraman, which one can only assume to be a full-on semi. <laughs> I, I would have to assume. I would have to. Uh, and again, the announcers were in rare form, making a lot of comments, saying how this was grotesque, not fit for television. Actually, at one point, I believe one of the announcers said, one of the commentators said, this reminds me of Jerry Springer, circa 96, 97. So it was too hot for TV, ladies and gentlemen, apparently. <clears throat> so this is great. And now we get uh, our main event of the evening, TJP versus Buddy Murphy. Uh, TJP comes out. He cuts a great promo on Myron uh, via, like, you know, pre-taped promo. And then he addressed the crowd. And, uh, man, TJP, heel TJP is the best version the of best TJP, TJP there is. Um, MLW has an open door policy. It's really stupid. And all of your favorite indie darling wrestlers suck anyway. I'm the best thing in MLW. <laughs> so the crowd definitely popped for that. They were not behind him. Uh, and he goes, and then he goes on to say, I can't believe I got to babysit one of these wrestlers tonight. And the cruiser great has better things to do. That's right. He's a new dad. He's got to, wants to be home with his girl and uh, his son. So, you know, is what it is. Buddy enters, gets on the mic and says, sorry. I forgot to knock. I kicked in the door and you're not the cruiser great. I am. Ding, ding, ding. Main event time. Bell rings. Uh, that was about eight minutes wasted on promos, but it was, it was great promos. I'm just saying they could have probably used a little bit more time for the match. But there's only so much story to tell, but this match went 20 plus minutes. Good match. It was a great match. Uh, a lot of back and forth. Um, and and TJ Pin, TJP wins in typical heel style. And I loved it. I loved everything about the match, uh, especially TJP is very cerebral. We've talked about this before. There was a point in the match where Buddy rolled out. He had kind of a knee issue going on and, you know, kayfabe knee issue, obviously, to build the story of the match. And TJP focused in. He zeroed in on that knee every chance he could get. And uh, he was able to break the knee down by being a heel, you know, pulling some shady shit. At one point, he actually pulled the ref uh, when they were both kind of teetering on the top rope. Then Buddy pushed the ref away to kind of get him out of harm's way. And at that point, an elbow right to the temple. So TJP heel TJP is the best. Buddy had a great showing as well. These two were poetry emotion for me, had a great match. And it was a great way to end the show or so we thought. 
because halfway through the match, we learn that Cesar Durant will be making a statement immediately following this match. But before we get to that part of the show, Rob, what are your thoughts on TJP versus Buddy Murphy? I mean, for me, if I got a rated out of 10, I'm going to give it a 10. I thought it was that good. It was an amazing story. Great back and forth. A lot of ground and pound. A lot of submission holes, which I'm a big fan of. I love that old school style. A lot of chain wrestling spots as well. What was your thoughts on this? Well, two guys who know what they're doing, have really good timing, really good psychology. I thought the match was excellent. Uh, kind of typified the style of wrestler that both guys are. Uh, agree with you that I like he- heel TJP is the best version of TJP. And uh, I'm not saying TJP is a heel in real life, but I think that comes Actually, more in real life, he's because just... I know, I know he's your friend, I know. Uh, he's not my friend, it's like we don't talk every day, but we have spoken before, he was on the show before, and he's a great guy. Yeah, but I think heel TJP comes more natural to him. Well, we've talked to so many wrestlers, even the MLW roster, but I've also talked to quite a few on Straight Talk, and a lot of them say playing a heel comes easier to a lot of them because it's easier to get somebody to hate you than it is to love you. When you're a face, it's that much harder. Yeah, says the man who came up with Holitude. Yeah, I'm sure the fans of our show are going to sit there and be like, that's great, Rob. Yeah, they're going to be calling them Holitude now. You watch. So the clout couple. Hashtag Holitude. Oh, my God. Okay, so now we get to the statement from CD himself. Uh, In his tone, I have reached out to Hammer. I have left messages. I have sent letters. (laughs) Where'd you send the letter, CD? (laughs) I have gotten no response. So, if Hammer does not appear next week, the MLW heavyweight title will be vacated and then he laughs hysterically like psychotic laughing uh so long story short ultimatum time for hammer either he checks in next week as in not via phone and being like i'm okay or answering one of cd's letters back he could probably fedex it maybe i'm not sure he's got to get it to him real quick though but if he does not show up on mlw television next week the heavyweight title will be uh vacated we can only assume that this was the news that Alicia shared with Richard in the limo. Of course, it could be something else. We're not really sure, but I can only assume that that's what it is. Now, mind you, if the title is vacated, how would they do it? How would they build a story from here? Obviously, Hammer is not going to vacate the title. Let's, why even explore the possibility? Because we know that ain't happening. But the clout couple could find a way to stop him from entering the building because he has to show up on TV. He can't show up outside and be like, I tried to get in, but I'm here. He has to physically be in the building, in the ring, show up on TV, so the title will be vindicated, or vacated, sorry. So the fact remains that maybe that's what's interesting to them. Now they have to find a way to stop him from entering the building or appearing on TV, so the title, because we all know Holiday doesn't want to face Hammer. We know what's going to happen, but in you know kayfabe storyline mode, he doesn't want to face him. He'd rather be thrown in a fatal four-way or thrown in some kind of a, a situation that gives him the edge. Holiday's wheels are always turning, and it's always turning about what Holiday can do to get up on everybody else. Okay, I agree with that. That's the way I kind of see this storyline. I, I, I can agree with that. But I think at the last minute, Hammer being the true babyface that he is, will find a way to get in the arena. We'll maybe get a little bit of karma. Like, you know, Holiday will suffer some repercussions, a small amount. And it'll be kind of Hammer standing in the ring with his title, being like, Holiday, I want you. And Holiday with his crazy hair and Alicia pulling him back. It's always been me. What if it's like right near the end of the show and Holitude comes out to the middle of the ring and they're cloud couple. They're they're cloud couple saying how like no hammer, it's about to be vacated, and then suddenly you just hear like some guitar riffs 
and Hammer comes down on his zip line with the fucking Gibson Explorer just like shredding on the way down, gets in the ring and beats Holiday with the guitar. So let us know your thoughts, which version you think works better, but I always think mine is more plausible. Zip line guitar. And also let us know what your thoughts are on the actual name that they've come up with, which is the Cloud Couple or Holitude. We're not going to shout out the socials. You already know, but there will be a link tree below so you can check us out. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're listening to this on all podcast platforms, we appreciate you. Please also swing over YouTube and, and subscribe. We are at now 471. So we've reached our goal uh, by the end of March to hit 470. We've hit it, you know, midway through March, about a week to go, week and a bit to go. So, you know, if you hit that subscribe button, the goal is to get 480 by April, 490 by May, 500 by June, and then, and then 5150 by July. I'm realistic in my avenues. So please like, subscribe, continue to support us. We appreciate it. And if you've been a fan from day one, thank you. If you're imitating us, thank you, because it is the sincerest form of flattery. But again, you can never duplicate us because we the OGs. Peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you guys next time. Adios, muchachos. Peace.